Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. To sign up for a free trial of audible.com. And once you get there, go exploring not just the audiobooks, even though they're fabulous, but all of the audio content that is there. My guest today is Raul Hernandez. Raul is a business strategist. He's trained hundreds of entrepreneurs through live seminars, online programs, and private masterminds. His work positively impacts the lives of his clients and their teams. Thanks so much for joining me today, Raul. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Um, We're going to be talking about uh, designing, you know, growth strategically, uh, designing growth in a business. And I would really like to start with having you explain to the listeners um, how you break down a company into its essential elements. That's a great question to start with. So, so why design and why start with design? Well, I think it's important to look at your business and you're crafting the environment for your team, for your future, for your impact, for your customers. And in order to do that, you kind of look, need to look at your company like a puzzle piece or Lego pieces together. And we need to really break things down cohesively. And I break it down very simply in three different elements. And from these three elements, we can break down specific actions or habits within your company. The three elements that every business in the world, including including investment funds, are operations, marketing, and product. That's ops, marketing, and product. So for product, if you're doing e-commerce or service-based businesses, it's still a deliverable to the customer. It's a, it's a repeatable unit of sale. For marketing, that's where you do have your sales and marketing material. And then for operations, it's everything with administration, Uh, leadership, hiring, firing, strategic planning, and so on. So those are the the succinct areas within your business that for every company in the world, it's important to start with your company, like as a listener, breaking everything down simply, and then identifying the key habits within each department that allow you to grow to the next stage. Because when you focus on the key habits, growth, I mean, it's not inevitable, but it is more proactive, it is more intentional, and you do reach the goals over time. Okay, tell me about those habits, key key habits. What what are those? So the way that I like to break down the key habits, each company has their own uh, key habits, but there are anywhere between, let's say, six to 12 core habits that transcend all companies, uh, depending on your size, depending on your product offering. Of course, the initial key habits, and I know you know this as well, Diane, with the, with the work that you're doing, is sales. And within sales, that's a, that's a, let's call that an operating KPI. So those are KPIs or key performance indicators 
that we have control over. So any action that we do influences this number. So under sales, uh, your company might be doing different things than your competitor or from an adjacent company. For example, you might be doing LinkedIn outbound as a sales mechanism. You might be doing podcast guesting. You might be doing email as a nurturing system for sales. So depending on what you're doing, you can identify what are the habits that I do under the sales umbrella. And that's the first step here in a kind of a holistic strategy for growth. So that's identifying first those key habits within the key actions and attributing them to an, a key performance indicator that you can control. And then from there, it's assigning those actions to specific people in your team and then creating a certain style and how you execute those actions. But we can go further into that because now we're elaborating to like a, a whole strategy. Yeah, I, I, I find this so interesting because, um, you know, you say habits, I think process, mm -hmm. I think um, structure or systems, mm -hmm. I guess. Correct. So is there, is that right? Or is there a difference between those things? I like to use the word habits because either that action is done by you, someone else on your team or a machine. And within that habit, you do create a quote unquote process or system to support that initial habit. I like to break things down easily and creatively just to focus, especially working with creative entrepreneurs. Yeah. So when you look at, let's say again, say sales as your mm -hmm. operating KPI, your habit, let's say your habit on the sales side is prospecting on LinkedIn. And again, that's just a simple example, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Within that habit, you can start look at, okay, what, who is actually doing this on my team? Do I have a vendor that's doing this? Is it me doing this? And then from there, going to your point, is there a particular way that I do this, that I found a proven methodology that works for me, my business, my industry? And then that's where you start working on creating the process for that. Oh, okay. I really appreciate that example. Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. So let's talk about operations. Is there a way that companies can create like excellence, like operational excellence in their companies? And if so, what does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. So working with companies who are small businesses, anywhere between three to 800,000 up to larger businesses doing several uh, tens or 20 millions per, per year in annual revenue, there is always a way to boil down specifically how to improve upon the proven actions that you've tested over time that have getting you the results. Like going back to the example of doing your prospecting over LinkedIn, mm -hmm. and then you have a, let's say you've tested different methodologies and you found one way that works. Well, that one way is your version one. That's your version one of your standard operating procedure. But the key thing is that you have to attribute that specific action or that specific habit to an owner in your company. Either it's going to be your sales lead or your sales director, your LinkedIn lead, whoever that person is, they now have ownership of not only executing that action, but improving and testing and finding different ways to create that specific action and make it better. And that's the key thing, because when you have focus, if you have your team focusing on how can we make things better and ask those questions and proactively test and reiterate and pivot and improve upon what already exists, you don't have to do this for a hundred different areas of your business. You just need to do this on the key core element pieces of your company. 
And then from there, when you're focusing on six to nine to 12 habits, it's around 12 habits, the max that I've seen, when you're maximizing efficiency and effectiveness on those 12 habits, you start creating excellence over time. But not only that, you start sustaining that, which is the key word in business is not only getting to your goal, but maintaining that success. And that's what I care about. And that's what I believe to be true operational excellence for entrepreneurs nowadays. So I got to tell you what I love about this is assigning the habit to, or, you know, the, the function, the process, whatever it is, to someone on the team. So everyone knows who's responsible for doing what. Exactly. Huge, because I think that is one of the biggest problems in small business is that it, it, I think sometimes small business owners think that people just know what needs to get done or should just know what needs to get done. Everyone mm -hmm. should just jump in the boat and, you know, take on whatever to make sure that it keeps sailing. And unfortunately, that's not really true. Yeah, it's it's that entrepreneurial bug that we have. Like we we move like at a hundred miles an hour, and we're used to it, right? And we love yeah. that, but not not everyone else on the team. <laughs> and to throw a curveball, I'll give you a real life example. Right. Um, I was talking to a prospective client yesterday, and we're talking about how he has a couple contractors working with him, ten, all ten ninety nine, and that comprises the majority of the team. And he's wanting to get, um, you know, to the eight million mark uh, in annual revenue. So we're talking about strategy and so on and so forth. Um, but the key thing is like, how, how does he get out of the weeds of the day-to-day -day of his business? How right. does he get out of fulfillment? How does he get out of being the bottleneck? How does he get out of being owner of sales, marketing, closed rates, you know, conversion rates, uh, all that fun stuff that it includes with, with, with the business. And when you do this properly, you might be in that position listening to this right now. And that's okay. I mean, you're growing a company, you're growing it, you know, you're growing it steady. Yeah. But the key thing, when you do, and when you do this and map this out properly, you start to figure out who is my next best hire? And that clarity of knowing who I need to bring on, how do I bring them on? It just makes it so much easier because we've been there. We're like, okay, who do I hire now? And like, we don't, how do we find that answer, right? What do we need to look under? What rock do we need to look under? But when you do this and map this out properly, you know exactly, okay, cool. I can hire two people and they'll take ownership of 40 to 60% of these tasks that buys me bandwidth and mental clarity to focus on the growth oriented tasks. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Wow. That's really valuable. Is it possible? <laughs> here's a question for you. Is, mm -hmm. is it possible to create certainty in a business? And if so, how? Certainties are what we're after, right? And that's yeah. uh, it's, it's that's like the mental state when you have confidence in your business, and it, that bleeds over to other areas of your life. It is it is possible. I've seen it become possible. I've helped companies do it. It does take work, though. It's all building work. So everything that we're talking about here, with when it comes to operations, when it comes to creating excellence within your company and striving for your goals and reaching them, you do create a cadence like a cadence, like if you're running or walking, like you do create momentum and you create a cadence of pace. You start to identify what pace you're at. And then you start to identify what's your velocity of implementing things. When you start measuring that and creating predictability around sales inflow, client fulfillment, team, team execution, team meetings, and making sure that we have a steady culture, that the team is actually happy and thriving, which is probably like the hidden, the hidden gems within everybody's company right now. When we start doing that, you start creating a certain level of certainty 
and as well as mental clarity within the business owner and the leadership team. Because now we're not always focusing on 911s or putting out fires and being firefighters, right? We're focusing more on proactive quarterly go- goals. And of course, if you have a launch, there's always going to be that that push towards a launch and that last minute stuff. But that's, that's the fun stuff of marketing and sales. But when you start focusing on proactive quarterly annual goals, you start working with the team and being able to build on top of a solid base. Because this... Um, I call it the perpetual wheel of productive profits. It doesn't really stop. Like once you start getting to a certain level in your business, great, enjoy that new baseline, enjoy viewing the horizon from where you're at. But if you want to get to the next level, you know that the work that you need to do is going to be similar in nature of strategically planning, executing and executing day in and day out so that you can create certainty and momentum as you grow and move forward. It all depends on going back to your design question or your design uh, talk is where do you want to take the business? What does that actually look like? And when do you, when do you really just don't need to grow for growing sake? Right. Right. But you do have to, it's not, it's not like you can, if we use a riding a bike analogy, you can't coast because it's stop. Yeah. Like I mean, when it comes like a, with life, it's either you're gaining or you're losing. Like there's no static, yeah. static, right? And so yeah. you're always adding to and becoming better. So that, I think that's a, that's more of a, of a mindset. Yeah. When it comes to the business, like I have business owners who are really happy operating under, you know, one to $3 million in revenue. That's great. Other business owners want to hit, you know, a hundred million dollars. It's a different goal for different mm-hmm. people, different industries. And that's great. But when you get there, like it needs to be impactful and meaningful and making sure that you're getting there for the right reasons, because the journey to get there will always be different depending where you want to be. Oh, yeah, that's good. Okay, I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then um, we'll continue the conversation. Whether you're a seasoned designer or a total novice, with Visme, you can create engaging, dynamic, branded content that makes people ask, how did you do that? Visit tinyurl.com slash seizevisme to explore. If you're a small business owner or salesperson who struggles with getting the sales results you're looking for, grab a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon and wherever books are sold. And if you haven't seen all audible.com has to offer, you don't know what you're missing. Sign up for a free trial at audibletrial.com slash business growth. Today we're speaking with Raul Hernandez about how to strategically design growth in your business. Raul, I I wanna um, talk about something I think challenges business owners a lot, which is gathering information and then taking action so oh my gosh that's uh, <laughs> right i mean oh, I, I think a I lot of business topic. owners are stuck and sometimes i don't know afraid to take action or, or or think they need more and more and more information but how how do they shorten that gap oh my god yeah no that's a that's a great question and and so shortening the gap between information and action so where does information come from 
information comes from team communications, meetings, uh, education, learning books, you know, listening to your audibles or whatever. But when you have that piece of information, it does no good unless it's actually put into action. So how do you put that information into action? You got to get communicated to the team. You got to put it on a calendar. You got to make sure that it's being done correctly and that the team has the resources to execute. So when it comes to this, there are certain gaps of taking that information, extracting it, and extracting the correct information. So being able to identify the right opportunities to take, again, going back to your strategic plan for growth. From there, taking that information, then communicating it, let's say, with, if it's just you right now running your business, or if it's you and your team, making sure that you put this in a project management software and ensuring that the team is executing it and they have the resources, the tool, and the knowledge to execute it. And then finally, the last piece is to make sure that it's executed correctly by checking and then either implementing go to market or implementing within your company and your team uh, or your clients. So there is a huge gap when it comes to this. The fastest way of doing this is just to make sure that as a business owner, to respect your time and your team's time and not being on meetings that are unnecessary. That's the key thing here, as well as being able to identify what are the correct questions we should be asking? What are the correct conversations we should be asking? And are these aligned with the actual goals of where we want to go? Oh, say more about that. Yeah, because I think it's important to, to make sure that, let's say, I mean, let's give a real life example. Let's say your company is doing $750,000 a year. You want to break to 1.2 million. You need to get around, let's say 20 to 40 different clients. Let's just say 25 clients to do that. Uh, depending if you're in the service-based business, if you're in SaaS, it's going to be more clients, but it's a simple example. This is a real example. When you're focusing on that, every single action that the company takes needs to be attributable and aligned within your um, leadership team, within your department owner team, within your implementation team. They all need to be aligned in all their actions congruent with the growth of we're going to continue to service these clients, gain more clients, and then from these clients, increase customer lifetime value. And anything outside of that scope, if it's for a six-month sprint, or I mean a six-month uh, timeline, or if it's a one-year timeline and hit that goal, anything outside of that that hinders or reduces our ability to reach that goal, we need to be very discerning and identify, is this opportunity, is this new action, is this idea going to help us or take us away from that goal? So it's almost having a filtration system from the top level and your, and your implementation team and making sure that whatever actions we actually implement are aligned to hit those goals. Do you find that companies um, take actions and start initiatives that, that really are not tethered to the long-term goal of the company? Like someone comes up with an idea and okay, go for it. And then it, it really isn't connected it, it, only if expectations are not set correctly and mm. when a company becomes larger or starts growing, I wouldn't say too big, but I would say when you're starting to grow and add more team members in your different departments and there's more noise, more communications happening, it's just making sure that there is clarity and brevity in your communications across yeah. every team member. So everyone's aligned. I mean, I've had teams that uh, they set a like a weekly goal. It's just a small scale, but a weekly goal. 
And that goal had nothing to do with what we were trying to do. They just set a goal for goal's sake because the whole initiative was to set a goal. I'm like, okay, that I, I understand that can happen and I've seen it happen, um, but it's important to make sure that we have alignment. That's why I believe leadership is probably the number one untapped potential within each business owner mm. and it, being able to empower your team really. Okay, let's talk about that though. So how do you think a, a business owner should go about empowering the team to make decisions that align with the goals? Um, when th- with productive profits, I go around specifically focusing on sharing your mission, your vision, and your values to the team to an exaggerated amount. Now, I don't think it's exaggerated, but I think that when I, when I teach this and I say this, I always say this over and over again. So I do sound like a broken, a broken uh, tape recorder, mm-hmm. but it's so important to make sure that the team knows, okay, what is the vision that we're working for? Am I here for the long term? Does my work make an impact? Does the things I do and say matter? And those three things, those weren't just random things that I chose. Those three things are what every single team member wants. And I've learned that from my work and also from learning from others who work with companies like Oracle and have managed thousands of, I think, either students or employees because he was part of the education uh, sector of Oracle. But the whole idea, everyone wants to be heard, know that their work makes a difference. Everyone wants career growth. Everyone wants opportunity. And lastly, everyone wants to make sure that they can make an impact. Right, right. Yeah, that's great. When you're leading the team and you're sharing, you know, the vision, you need to paint that vision. And it has to be realistic, of course, that that individual you're sharing this with can see themselves in that photo that you're painting. Mm -hmm. Because if they don't see themselves, they will not be working with you for the long term. So that's, that's, that's stage number one. Number two when you share, okay, the, the values and the, you know, the company, you know, rules or whatever, but you have to live those values out. So that's right. another habit that you have to embody and live out and make sure that if you have five core values as a company, you're not just plastering them on the wall and then forgetting about them and acting differently. You have to be congruent with what you stand by. Uh, Cause if you're not congruent with that, then there's no congruency. Then when you say something, the team is not going to be aligned, then it doesn't really matter. And it's it kind of becomes a whirlpool and uh, I know work with teams doing that, but um, that's a harder, it's a more leadership issue there to, it's, it's easier to grow a company, to be honest with you, Diane, than it is to uh, work with people at that, at that kind of uh, <laughs> level. But uh, but when you do this, when you have congruency, you, the team knows where you're going. The team sees themselves where you're going. I think it's really important to make sure that whenever a new idea comes up, that we have open and collaborative communications. This doesn't have to mean that it has to be always on a one-on-one call like we're having right now. Mm-hmm. It can be asynchronous communications and can be, um, if you're using Slack, you can use Slack. If you're using ClickUp, you can use ClickUp or any project management software, as long as there is alignment and understanding on both sides. When you're empowering and you're going through, um, you know, coaching moment, I like to call it the three, the three um, questions coaching. So when you're working with an individual, let's say it's going to be your department head and you're, you're leading them and you're helping them work. Let's say, again, going back to the example on your marketing side, anytime that they have a question, I want them to come to you or to me 
with three alternative solutions or three solutions already. Mm. So that way they think for themselves, mm -hmm. they come to the table with solutions and then we work together and identify which is the right solution. If it's one of theirs or one that I can provide or the, the leader can provide. Because one or two things would happen. One, the, the department head will learn something on the job and see how the leader thinks and identify how can I develop that thinking pattern. And, or two, the leader might identify this person's ready because they came up with better ideas than I have. I, I, so I gotta tell you, I mean, I love this because I think too many leaders think that their job is to have all the answers. And then they feel like they're constantly firefighting and they're constantly having, you know, people are coming to them all the time to solve a problem. And they start thinking to themselves, well, why don't you know what to do? Well, it's because you've set the stage where everyone, the expectation is that you, that the leader is going to solve the problem, but empowering people to think about what it would take to solve the problem frees everybody up to, you know, meet the needs of the business in real time. Exactly. Some of the best leaders I know are facilitators. They facilitate solution solving. They'll bring what to the table, what you know, is necessary and the resources, they might bring the right answer, the, the right ideas. But most of the times, if you're working with a team and they're experts in their field or they're very proficient in their, their area of the business, like if you're, if you're not good at marketing or online digital marketing and you bring someone on your team who's really good at that, well, it's, it's in your best interest to hear them out, solve different, right. you know, problems with them as opposed to them just coming to you with you all the questions like it kind of count it counteracts the fact of needing to hire someone at that point you're right. not you're not hiring people your staff is not just a hired work of hands and when we start stop treating our team members just like an extra work of hands uh, amazing things can happen yeah right exactly okay now so let's sort of play this out. So we have a leader who figures out that they don't need to be in everything. They don't need mm -hmm. to, you know, have their finger uh, uh, in all the pies. Mm -hmm. um, they empower their people. They delegate on and on. Then how do they keep a pulse of the state of their business? in real time, you know, instantly at any given moment. So the most important thing as you start delegating, as you start building out these systems is to create what I call HQ. And with HQ, there's different, there's essentially three different things to have centralized. And there's a lot of different uh, teachings on this that sometimes for communications, you need to have multiple communication channels. I like simplicity. I love clarity. I love getting the thing done and moving as quickly as possible because we just need to take action and the right action. So yeah. I like to centralize things into one space and I call that HQ. And you can do this with any tool that you'd like. You can do this with any project management software, any communications channel, as long as you have clarity on where your HQ is, um, you're gonna be able to have a lot of clarity and an instant pulse of your company. The first thing, going back to what we talked about earlier. So remember the operating KPIs, the key performance indicators that we have an influence over. 
-hmm. you need to make sure that as you're building out those systems of how you actually execute and the habits that you take on, you need to make sure we're measuring each of those habits so that we understand where we're at, what's our baseline and what's our goal. So for example, going back to the sales and prospecting, let's say you do LinkedIn outbound, let's say you do um, paid ads or paid uh, pay-per-click ads. Let's, for those two key activities, key habits, you have a process listed out. You have someone who's taking ownership of that, but then you also have to know, well, how, how did we do last month? How many people did we reach? How many people went to the website? How many people opted in? What was their conversion rates? You need to be tracking that. And you can use any tracking software for that. If it's going to be in, like if a vendor's doing this for you, you need to, they have to provide to you transparent tracking. If you're doing this yourself, you need to make sure that you're using either automated tracking mechanisms or using a spreadsheet and creating automation to have up-to-date information. Uh, there's, you can get really, really complex with this because tracking in itself is its own, it's its own industry and its own field. Um, but I recommend if you're going to make this as clean and simple as possible, just starting with a, a Excel spreadsheet or a Google sheet and linking out to the appropriate tracking mechanism. Oh, of, I see. Yeah. Go so ahead. there's a lot of ways to automate this and I, I really yeah. don't want to make this a, a tracking tech setup. Um, but the key thing is as an owner, either you can hire someone to build that out for you. You can hire someone on Upwork just to build those things out for you so that you can have up-to-date stats. But the key thing is you need to have a centralized board of stats of like, okay, for the, my nine or 12 key habits in my company, how are we doing? And being able to identify, okay, sales, this is where we're at. Leads, this is where we're at. Conversion rate, onboardings, client fulfillment, customer lifetime value, how many referrals did we get this month? What's our net promoter score? So on and so forth. Whatever you're tracking, you need to make sure that you have a baseline. And if you're listening to this and you understand, well, I don't know any of those answers. Well, that's great. You know where to start. Now you need to start tracking those and identifying. When you track them, you can set a baseline. And the cool thing about a baseline is now you can start having goals to hit. Because let's say your baseline, your goal, let's say it's to add 200 new leads a day into your CRM, just for example's sake, right? Well, if you're measuring, you're finding like, oh, we're only doing 120, we're 80 short, then you can start strategically looking at that particular point of your business, working with your marketing owner, marketing department, your lead marketer, whoever that is, if that's you, start creating strategies. How can I increase this number? And how can we do this within our parameters of our industry, our time frame, um, our types of offers, our budget, so on and so forth? So when you do that, you start creating HQ. This is for your metrics. So that's the first step to creating a centralized hub of your metrics. The second area that I'd like for you to create your metrics around are your company initiatives. What are the big projects that you're currently working on? And what are the statuses of those projects or initiatives? This is where I would highly recommend you use a project management software to have a dashboard already set up within that project management software and that you can link it out to a centralized hub or to, again, going back to the spreadsheet. And then from there at one click, you can see, okay, cool. These are the top five projects we're working on this quarter. And this is the status. We're 60% done here, 15% done there. And on these other projects, I need to come in and you know do X, Y, and Z. And then the final thing to centralize are your communications because within these projects you need to make sure that communication is attached and that you're not trying to find an update or a thread somewhere lost in your thousand inbox email of the project 
of an email that was sent last week for an update for tomorrow's meeting. So that just makes it very complicated. It's better to have communication and information right next to the initiative and the actions that you're currently doing. So great. Oh, I, I, it really is so great. It, it, it's comprehensive, it's specific, and I mean, I, and making sure that you have the communication is um, unfortunately made me chuckle, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> is so very important. Um, Raul, I really appreciate this conversation and this information. I think this is so valuable for people and it, and it's, and I too love clarity and this really uh, provides clarity. So I, I love every bit of this. Um, so thank you for being here. And will you tell the listeners, you know, how they can find you and what you've got going on, please? Well, Diane, thank you so much for having me. Uh, for your listeners, so you can actually download a free copy of this exact spreadsheet and training at dogoodwork.io forward slash essentials. So that's dogoodwork.io forward slash essentials. And you'll be able to get the exact setup that I just talked about. If you could visualize it, you'll get that plus a training video to walk you step-by-step step so that you can you know, understand which habits truly drive your growth, how to set those aggressive goals and how to make sure that you have an instant pulse in your company. Nice. That is great. Thank you. And I'll make sure that is in the show notes that that link is in the show notes. So thank you for that. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I offer you some feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.